Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast, episode 18. I'm your host as always, Sean DeVries, and I hope you're well. Today, we're connecting with Dan and Christian, who own an amazing shot-fitting brand in Brisbane called DCB Developments. And I really wanted to do this podcast because it's one of the most expensive parts of opening a food venue is obviously the shop fit. And I think there are a lot of places where you can save money and make your money work better for you. Uh, We talk about a lot of things today, including the best six stages uh, of the actual shop fitting procedures, but also about how to deal with stress and how these guys have dealt with stress and a personal relationship, which has gone over 30 years. So I hope you really enjoy this uh, podcast and let me know what you think. All right. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for another episode. Incredible to have Dan and Christian here from DC Developments. DC Developments. I apologize, boys. Thanks for being part of the podcast. Thanks, Thanks Sean. <laughs> In unison, as it should be. Um, so, I guess, I guess, first of all, what is what does DCB Developments actually do in the shopping space? How would you describe it if you had to describe it to someone who didn't know? I think we bring a connection from a novice or even a uh, expert within their field within the hospi- hospitality mm-hmm. arena yep. and we leverage off uh, the experience that we have and also our partners and we make that process from cons- concept mm-hmm. right through to operating and yep. we bring that all together. Okay. It's more of a seamless, seamless process. Absolutely. Okay. And how did you both start out in this game and, and come to a point where you've, you've both got a brand which is now so well known in Australia? Well, for me, um, so my background is carpentry and mm-hmm. uh, licence builder. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the years, I've pretty well dabbled in anything and I think that has carried across to what we actually do at DCB. Where yep. We say yes to a lot of things even if they're out of our comfort zone. Yep. Um, I stepped across to do some uh, exhibition work just with the motor show okay over a few years and um, doing the commercial building in the background and then yep, the motor show circuit would come up was doing that sort of thing what got you to that a uh, friend of a friend just said hey we need some labor right okay so it wasn't we, you loving cars or anything like no that. we just yeah. went down to the uh, brisbane exhibition center yeah. and helped to put together the, the show for the the first time that we did it, yeah, yeah. and from there, the supervisor quit after the Sydney show, right? And then I got thrown in the deep end. And so we went <laughs> we'll the so we looked after uh, Honda, Rover, MG, wow, Kia, and Hyundai, yeah. And um, I think for three years we did that circuit all wow. around the country. Wow. So in between, we used to just take our mates with us. Yeah. So we'd be. Doing yeah. a normal day job, and yeah. then the circuit would come up and go, right, you ready, boys? And off we'd go. It was more of a junket, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. I bet it was. It was crazy. Late out party, huh? Yeah. 96, 100 hours in, you know, yeah. in five or six days. Just get it done. Just keep going. Yeah. What did you, what did you sort of learn out of doing that? Because I imagine doing those kind of exhibitions, especially with oh, such high-profile international brands, I mean, the pressure would have been immense to get pressure was looking intense. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we actually had um, one in Sydney. It was a big turntable, three cars on display, all prototypes. Uh-huh. 
and they had a design there where they had um, these big light boxes that were two and a half metres by one and a half metres high. What? And they had designed to sit them only 150 millimetres into like a planter box type thing that basically divide the um, turns up into three sections. Right. And so the guys, that won't work. It's not going to stand up, you know. Yeah. No, no, you've got to do it. You've got to put it up. So, so we'll put it up, but responsibility is back on you. Yes. So we put it up and it fell over and hit a prototype car. Ooh. Couldn't match the paint in Australia. Oh. Mr. Honda was coming out in two days' time. <laughs> It was, it was intense. So, yeah, we, we actually, we got a guy in to touch up the paint yep. as best we could. We right. modified the boxes, put them all together, so when he came in, it all worked. Yeah, right. That was, that was a bit mental. Wow. What about you, what about you Christian? Anything as exciting as motions? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so, yeah. Basically, uh, I suppose, um, I did my trade in, uh, in shooting at work. Right. So, uh, okay. With a company called Spire, it's a family operated uh, yeah. company. So yeah, of course. Worked for them for um, about 15 years on and off, various right. stages through doing my time and then working in the office. And then um, Dan and I had known each other back. We, we met each other when we were 15, so we've been mates since. Uh, That's going to be my next question. Right. What, from school or from? 30 year anniversary this year. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'll show you how old he is. I'm the one with hair, he isn't. Right? Yeah, this is November. My choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and um, it just progressed from there and mm. became uh, good mates. And uh, probably our first initial, when we were when sitting down in the sheds. Uh, we're basically there and uh, we're sitting next to each other and I, I see Dan pull out a, a needle and pull out a, a bowl and I'm sitting in the grass. And I said, you can't do steroids, bro. What are you doing? It's been on the diaper. Well, that's going to be out for everyone now. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a, it's, a, it's a bit of a joke that we've had um, yeah. for years. And then ever since that day, it's sort of like we've just gelled and and yeah. after each other and mm. absolutely the same like type of ethics and yeah. morals and, and that and we just chill man. Yeah, that's it's cool. the yin and the yang, right? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely. It works all well together. Yeah, it does. And so, we complement each other really well. Yeah, which is so important in any partnerships, mm. right? I wrote a post the other day about partnerships and hospitality and how it should never be more than three people in a partnership when they buy, mm. into, a, when they buy into a venue. Because I've seen so many that go to four or five and it just explodes. Yeah, dynamic changes too much in a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. get that either. It dilutes your investment. So, like, hmm. Well, there's always going to be someone who's going to have a problem if you've got five directors, right? Five, five <laughs> different answers. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, did you two work very much sort of together before DCB was created? Or. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, when Christian was with. Um, you were working for Chris. Yeah, senior construction. Yeah, I was to go and uh, give him a hand from time to time. Yeah, right. Have a few jobs going and need a hand, so I'd go over and do the carpentry side of the fit out or. Domino's yeah. Pizza in that way. Domino. I'm an ammo too. Too I'm still upset that they took over Pizza Hang. Well, I flew to Adelaide and landscaped Domino's and flew home the next day. Right. <laughs> I bought shovels, wheelbarrows, everything, and then left them at the landscape yard. And, uh, so there you go, boys. <laughs> you little reward there. So how did it come about that you guys actually, you know, 
create a TCP? Was it just every couple of years and it sort of you said, let's do it now? Or like, was it... We always wanted to do something together because it, okay. it's always been, for Christian and I, it, it's always been about, you know, we're good at what we do. Yes. And we think we can do this in a better way that yeah. can benefit us and also the client. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, what are we going to do? And we always threw that idea around and, and we thought, you know what, let's get, let's get the company started. So it's basically 11 years ago now, today. Wow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. Today. Is it really today? Uh, what's today? 15th? Last week, 10th. Oh, there you so go. 11, 11 years ago, yeah, and cool. uh, we were actually driving into the car park of um, Burley Heads Rugby League Club. Right. We drive down there, go and watch a, a footy game, and uh, we're throwing ideas around, saying, oh, how's it going to be? What will we call it? Yeah. And then um, we just couldn't come up with that first part. Yes. And then I said, what about DCB? Yeah. Dan Cox, Christian Bryant. Yeah. 1C, dual purpose, mm -hmm. there we go. And he said, yeah, developments, this, that. Yep, done. And that was it. That was it. That was it. You should send the logo for now. <laughs> 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 it's full of us. You should yeah. have seen mine before I actually got a chance. Um, <laughs> so if, if we're talking about, if people are listening and thinking about starting uh, a new venue, what are the sort of stages that actually make up the shop fitting process? Do you have a select number of stages that you run through with a client to say, okay, this is going to happen at this time, this is going to happen at this time, to actually bring some perspective to it? Well, do you know what? Like, it's, it's, this is something that we've really focused on uh, with the... We've just redeveloped our, our website and mm -hmm. we wanted to emphasise on what we can do to give back to the client. And we've actually stepped this process out on our on our website uh, www.dcbdevelopments.com.au. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> so the, we've got a, like a six stage process um, that we, that we've that we've done, and, and we think we're really actually good, at, and we understand. And, and I think the reason why we actually understand is, is Dan and I also own and operate operated our own franchise for seven years mm -hmm. so we understand the operation platform as okay. well which then also it, it, it gives us this is their investment and, and most of the times that investment is either they put their house on the line or anything like mm -hmm. that so so we understand what it actually takes to own and operate that restaurant not just coming in and designing and building it and doing yep. all the fluffy stuff it's yep. actually understanding this is someone's house and livelihood on that right so we want to do whatever we can do to give back to them to make sure this is going to be a winner and yep. you know what we're going to say sometimes that that idea won't work all right? right and if the client wants to then keep on going ahead with it it's up to them it's up to them you've told right. we've told <clears> them <throat> that we believe with our experience and knowledge within the industry we don't think this is a we don't think this is a good idea. Can I ask you how often that happens if you use it as a percent time? Ten percent, twenty percent, probably ten, 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 fifteen percent. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. yeah, and it's it, it's funny. A, a lot of people look at us and think, "Why would you do that?" Because mm. you're taking away money. Absolutely, you're taking away money. Yeah, right. And yeah. we also like it has to be a fit for us as well. In, in a way of we have to be passionate about a brand mm -hmm. and also ideas of what what they believe. And 
it has to fit for us and we have to fit with them. Yep, and if that doesn't work, we will actually walk away mm. from a project that, mm. that doesn't sit with us, right? Mm. We have to be passionate about it because otherwise, if we as leaders aren't going to be passionate about something that we that we want to do, sure. how is our team and also our partners going to be passionate about it at the same time? Yeah, totally agree. So just with that six step process, mm -hmm. from you can have a look on the website. It goes it goes a little bit further. We've got number one at ideas and scope, right? Okay. And then it just goes through different different scenarios. Of we've got some points there, and we'll go through. Point two is design due diligence and documentation. Okay. Uh, point three was uh, consultation. Yep. Uh, point four is construction and shop fitting. Point five is uh, compliance and certification, and then also point six is handover and support. Okay. And I, I think that gives it, it gives it a brief outline, but also an understanding of any person with any level of experience or no experience can come in on each of those processes. Yes. Right. Yep. With instead of starting right from the start. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. if you, you you being an experienced um, Restaurant and also in this business for such a long time, mm -hmm. it'd be also we'd go straight into due diligence or even consultation and straight into shopping. Right, depends on where you are. Yeah, if there's someone off the street that's got, I want to come up with a new Peruvian type yes. of concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's look at the ideas and scope that out. We'll start at point one. All right, and then mm -hmm. we stage that as an overall of okay, what do you? It, it's all about tailoring it to what the customer wants. Sure. Right. And in that way is is that's you're not you're gonna get the most out of our time and you know you're not paying for something you don't really need. Absolutely. Is it is it hard for you guys like we're talking about an obviously extremely transparent business here. Um, is it hard when new trends come through in food and in drink for you guys to have the fortitude to take that risk for that client. So if someone comes to you and says, oh, I want to do Colombian street food and I want to put it in the Sunshine Coast, where do you sort of go, okay, well, that's not really been done throughout Australia yet and maybe there's not a big Colombian population in Sunshine Coast, I've got no idea, yep. I'm just guessing. Is it hard for you to go, Yes, we believe that's going to work because we we know the owner or we've known them for a period of time or we think they can execute on this, mm -hmm. rather than just doing a burger joint or a Mexican joint or a, you know, a yeah, I think it depends on the information that comes with the client. Sure. You know, how, how well have they done their research yes. into what they're doing? Is yes. it a behind the sky idea or yes. does it have some backbone? Yes. And if it's got backbone and it's got, and they're quite passionate about it, but we're happy to sit down and have that conversation mm. and see if we can grow legs with them on that journey. Sure. Um, like uh, Sam, for example, with his cheeky poker. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that. That's a. It's a different concept. Mm -hmm. It's a in an area where you know not overly. Uh, it wasn't prevalent before. Yes. But his ideas and his passions that he wanted to see in that business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been awesome for us to be part of that journey with him mm. because he. He's, he's understood what he wants to do. He's got the vision. He just needed a little hand along the way with our experience yes. to join with him to be able to deliver that. We altered his concept though. Yeah. 
How so? How so? It I was more of a fast, casual, out the door. Right. Now it's more of a sit down yes. type of restaurant. Yes. Full experience. It was full experience. Because there's a there's a large majority of alcohol as part of his menu. It is a it's full service bar. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is very different. Yeah. Very different. You know. So and it's got, it's not just bottled booze and mushrooms. And he's doing desserts as well now. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is going to be a really hard question for you guys to answer, but how long does it usually take to build a cafe or restaurant from scratch? So if you're if you're if you're taking over an empty shell in a perfect scenario with development approvals going through, okay, um, breeze track approved, all that all that kind of stuff, how long does it usually take from from actual start of build to hand over the customer? Well, I think if it, it is a little bit of an open-ended question yes. because it depends on. Base build works, everything sure. like that, right? I'm sure. What's been here, what's been there, and also the size of the tenancy. So, mm-hmm. if you look at uh, a restaurant anywhere from a hundred square meters, well, yeah, let, let's break up. Yeah. Right? So we'll say a kiosk. Right? Yes. You could say you know four weeks. Right. It'd be under four weeks. Between mm-hmm. three and four. You'd say mm-hmm. a strip location. You'd say anywhere from four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Obviously the size, and then you could look at uh, I suppose. Uh, a development drive-through type of thing. Yes. You'd be looking at sixteen weeks for sixteen to twenty weeks for the build, which you incorporate the actual design, and then integration of the fit out is anywhere from I'd say about eight weeks. Okay. At that time, so it's it's just varies. What do you think drive-through is going? Now you just look at that drive-through. Obviously, you guys have done some drive-through stuff with Cosmic at the moment. Um, I went and checked out Capella Bar today. I was very impressed with the site. Great. <laughs> Very clean looking site. Um, where do you think drive through is going in Australia from your gut feel knowing so much what's on the ground at the moment? I think it's still growing because Australians typically uh, are lazy. Yep. You know, people want to sit in the car, like people will queue 10 deep mm-hmm. just to go through a drive through, even if there's only two people at the counter inside because yes. it's convenient, they're in their aircon, they can be mm-hmm. on the phone doing whatever they want to do. Sure. I can't see any reason why drive-through wouldn't continue to grow. Yes. Obviously, um, with Uber and uh, Deliveroo yep. coming on board, like mm. that's going to change things a little bit. Mm. But still supports that lazy convenient. It's more convenient. I, I think it's laziness is a piece, but I think it's more convenience. People are so time poor these days, and. They're trying to maximise, I suppose, their downtime. Yes, yeah, true. So whatever, whatever they can get in and out by driving instead of having breakfast at home, instead of so driving to work, you know, they get, might get a couple more, you know, minutes sleep, whatever. They just fair call. I just, I, I think it's definitely going to be the way of the future. Yep. Right. Yep. In in more and more developments. Especially with your service stations, you know, picking backing off uh, different retailers mm. and everything like that. Uh, whereas that convenience is there, right? You can fill up, grab a burrito, grab whatever, you yeah. know, like <clears throat> any type of food. So I think it's, I think it's definitely a way to go. I think there's also probably a few other things that will come in line soon. Sure. So, see. Uh, I think you're right. I think convenience is going to play a major part. I think what Foodery is doing with clip-ins with Boost and with GYG is quite impressive. 
and they get the format correct. So I think it will, uh, my, my thinking is that drive-through will become even stronger as people get used to delivery and therefore get used to not having a face-to-face -face connection mm. within quick service and fast food. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the next five years goes for sure. Yeah, definitely will. I think, I think um, for me as a consumer, I really like that face-to-face -face interaction. Yep. Um, um, the whole uh, Uber experience is, uh, I haven't really, I've done Uber once and the experience, once. once. Well, and the experience was terrible and I won't right. do it again. So right. it's all like, one is, is that um, the way, the food, the, the time lag between, I suppose, pick up to delivery and the presentation of the actual food, it, it just wasn't on point for me, right? Yes. And, yep. and it, it might be for other people uh, a good way of actually dining, but mm -hmm. for me, I, I won't ever do it. So yeah, I think it depends on the on the food that you order too. Correct. You know, a burger isn't a good thing to order on. No. That's what we want. Yeah. Take away Chinese, Thai yeah. food. Yes. It's not going to move around. Yeah, Mexican yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of fit for mm. purpose, but not a really big um, rush point for me to use Uber Eats. Because the reason I say that and the reason why I think it's moving is because when I got my car service the other week, and the girl who gave me my car back after I paid a good amount of money for it. Um, <laughs> I said, what are you, what are you doing too much? Because I'm probably going to chill out with a partner at home and stuff like that, and I'll probably get some, probably get some Uber, Uber Eats. I'm like, okay. I said, you know, I work in restaurants and stuff. I said, how many times a week would you get Uber Eats or Uber? She's like, honestly? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, five. Wow. So uh, I think delivery is that tipping point at the moment where consumers will have to pay more for delivery in the next two or three years. It's just, it's just got to happen. I think it's going to have to happen. Because it's going to have to happen. The, the, the operator, the, 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 we won't go into the pricing. Yes. Yeah, no, back, back to the operator because mm. we all have different opinions and, and, and different operators have different, I suppose, um, ideas pitch about. points and, mm. and, and ideas. So no, definitely. it's just, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be interested to see in five years' time if you guys be doing just drive-through locations for some friends. Oh, do you know what, man? I, I think that um, I think you can still get that integration of uh, like 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 a virtual drive-through. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty cool way mm -hmm. of um, some shops that aren't able to have a drive-through attached to it can still do a drive-through application. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. By the way of that and then, you know, who knows where it's going to go, man. Like, mm -hmm. look at Guzman and Gomez now doing uh, drone deliveries in camera. Right? Yes. Like, yeah. That is just insane. Yes. Next wave. Um, how can the owner probably not be assured, but, but try and stop Cost escalating when they do a fit out because obviously fit outs. Um, you guys do a great job. Of, I know what I know how much you cost things out at and how fair you guys are. But how can they make sure that things aren't going to escalate? Is there any groundwork they can do beforehand to make yeah, sure? Pretty oh, I think it's pretty simple. It's okay. it's all about the upfront process. Mm. Okay, right. It's about doing your due diligence. It's understanding who who the right builder is for you. Okay, and and. It's a big selection. 
Right. And, okay. and that's something that we at Graders is we just don't go to one design. We don't have a design in-house. Okay. We outsource that. And we outsource it for good reasons. We understand if you're coming over with a different concept, there might be a designer that we think could be a good fit for your concept. So it leaves you more flexible. Because yeah. some, some builders have in-house designers, yeah, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. But then you become boxed, right? Because yes. then you start to see that's our X design, that's John's design, that's yes. John's design. And even though they're different concepts, you can tell instantly that that's their design. Right? Yeah. So I think that's that's one thing that we look at. But also, if the client wants to do their own documentation, and mm. that, it's about coming, having all that documentation set as a package, not just a drawing on a napkin or one sheet of paper, which you do get, of course. Right? And they yeah, think you I can love build a store. Normally, yeah. <laughs> they, they think you can build a store off this and then get mm-hmm. accurate cost. And then the whole thing about can I have a square meterage rate for a dollar? Like, yeah, one thing we don't do square meterage rates. Yes, for shop fits. Yes, it doesn't work. It depends on square meter. It depends on base build works. There's right. so many so variables. Accessibility. Right. Yeah, fixtures, fittings, everything. Like it's so variable. And different council approvals yep. across the nation. Right. It's not what Brisbane council is going to be a lot different than Melbourne council. Hundred percent. Or an airport. Gosh, yeah, good point. Right. Let's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you, know, you, you virtually almost double your square meterage rate, right? From accessibility. Because it's, it's all accessible. And hours, limitations of work. Oh, basically, of you basically get a window of four hours each night to make it noisy works. That's it. By yeah. the time you bring your stuff through the scanner, all your tools, and yes. you escort to your site and do your work, right. there's not a, lot of t- not a lot of productivity in Thought of that before. There you go. But we're doing good at it. Yeah. Well, you've done some stuff at yeah. Sydney Airport, right? Sydney International. Yeah. yeah. Sydney Domestic. Yeah. Okay. Brizzy Airport. Brizzy Airport. Yeah. Okay. So. And have you have you only because obviously uh, airports are different because they have one one overarching owner, don't they? And then they own all those brands. Is that how it works? Well, there's various. Uh, you are correct. So right. there's various. Owner, owners in there, so like you'll have the likes of um, uh, SSP, yes, um, Delaware North, yep. um, Cater Care, mm-hmm. Emirates Leisure, mm-hmm. ARE. Mm-hmm. So there's an entity, and then they'll have several brands, or they'll have their own brands that sure. they'll go in. So they'll go in for a tender and they'll be pitching for five different sites, depending on what the asset, as in BAC or Sackle, right. or Melbourne Airport, want to actually come up with from mm-hmm. the parcel on a package. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, those guys there will um, fight for those um, tenders and put together the best pitch. Okay. Is, um, when people come to you with uh, different equipment um, usages and you talk about the, the flow of the kitchen and how it might work and operate and stuff like that, how do you how do you try and understand what equipment is going to fit within those kitchens to best utilise it? Is it what's worked before in other venues? Like it's a bit of that, but it's also understanding their operations procedure. You know? Yeah. How do they how do they run their back of the house? How do you menu? Yeah. How does the kitchen work for yep. you to be able to produce what you want to produce? Mm-hmm. But it's also teaming up with like consultants, as in yourself from Open Pantry, to understand that whole menu design. Mm-hmm. And what, and I suppose it's getting the 
best and the most out of that piece of equipment, right? And sure. how many dishes that you can get. What do you think the volume's going to be at the restaurant? Correct, right? There's so many things to look at. And then you look at, like, what is that, what is that person? It, it, it'll be all tiered from uh, a dollar point, a service point, a warranty point. Yes. What type of equipment and range. So we could go for some um, cheap... Chinese type of brand right yep. up to your American American made, made mm-hmm. or Italian yes. you know just in there it, it, it's, it's all varied mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. it just comes down to the person the budget yep. where it sits and, and that's something that you collate during that ideas scope and design and due diligence processes of okay this is what you're after mm-hmm. and I think that's that's probably my experience from the commercial kitchen equipment stainless type of area sure. that we try and package it up. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people will want to try, like who want to save a dollar, may want to uh, use second hand equipment. Right. And nine times out of ten, it's not worth the heartache. By the time it's cleaned and serviced, bought into the store, yeah. People will end up with six or seven new pieces of equipment in this one old crappy piece. Yes. That becomes the thorn in everyone's side because it's not working properly. It doesn't have the longevity of the newer stuff. You don't have to go and buy you know top of the range every time, but of course, buy something that's going to be fit for purpose. Yes. And give you that sense of um, reassurance, I guess, that you're not going to fall down in the kitchen at your busiest time. Of course. You know because you've decided to spend ten thousand dollars on a light. Mm. And $80,000 on a piece of equipment. Yes. Whereas we could have went two grand on the light and five grand on the equipment and still had some money left over yeah. to play with. Which is, which is not stupid. No, I, it's I, pretty I, smart with where you're going to put your dollars. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if people are spending $100,000 on this healing. Yeah. So. Who's so, going to look up at it nine times out of ten? You know what I mean? Yeah. We've got to see more burgers. Pardon? It's going to sell you more burgers. Yeah, well. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. yeah. much more product have you got to sell to pay that back? A lot. Um, what's the ideal, I'll say the ideal customer, but I'll say what does the ideal customer have to come to you with, you guys with, in order to create a bit of a seamless kind of um, flow for you? Is it is it a full business planning concept and then uh, analytics on what area they want to do? Because I push people on the concept before I push them on the location. But a lot of people will go location first and then I'll build a concept around that. I think you've got to have a, I think you've got to have a good concept mm. first up to know what you're... It's kind of like not having an idea of what you want to go into business for. Yes. You know, I've got this great spot. Yes. Know, I've got this awesome car. I just don't know how to drive. Yes. Right? Yeah, well, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people... I personally like it when people come to us with an open mind. Yes. They're ready to be uh, open and transparent yep. and trust yep. that we've got their best interests at heart yep. because that's what we're about. Yep. And from that initial um, interaction, mm. we know then and there whether or not it's a good fit for us and yep. if it's a good fit for them. Sure. Yeah, because if there's no trust and if it can't be a two-way street where yep. everybody wins, it won't for work for us. Mm. No matter how much money we could make off it, mm. we, we can't do it ethically. It doesn't, doesn't work. Okay. Um, one of the final questions I'll ask you guys, what do you, what do you enjoy most about the work that you guys do? I get to work with him. It's 
It's good. So, what are the best, mate? Yeah. It's, it's, at, at, at the end of the day, it's like, we're passionate about what we do. Yeah. And we love it. Like, it's, to see their client's face when you, they turn up for handover and you're handing over, and that, for, for me, that is, is probably the biggest driver. And, and that is what we've based our success on. This is the deliverables, right? And also that process from start to finish, being seamless, being open, transparent, being with the way we communicate yeah. back to the client, keeping yes. in, in, in tow with everything that we do. And then to watch them walk in is just like, that's, that's the adrenaline. That's what makes you want to do it again mm-hmm. and do it again. And guess what? And then that is our best sales pitch right there because they're going to come back to us again and they're going to come back to us again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So Or recommend you to other people. Or recommend us. And if we can make a little bit of money out of that, mm. awesome. We've got to make money. Everyone's got to make money, right? At the end of the day. Mm. But we look at their face and their expressions and their emotion, right, is the driver and money is a byproduct of that. Yes. So the more they are happy and succeed, the more money we'll make. Yes. Do you encourage... Awesome. Um, do you, encourage, um, do you encourage clients to um, get more than a DCV quote? Do you actively tell them to go and get more quotes? And if so, what do you think? What do you think the number of like how many how many quotes is too many? I think any more than three is a waste of uh, you know waste of time for any other potential builders. Right. But also the um, the people get confused. Well, there's too many people in the mix. Yeah, and okay. people, and the, from my experience, yep. the clients don't always understand apples for apples. Right. And just look at the dollar. Yeah, right. why so this, this, this guy's 50 grand cheaper. That's yeah. great. He hasn't put the mechanical in. You know, right. there's, there's, yeah, there's sure. no connection there. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Right? Yeah, he's done this bit, but we haven't got A, B, and C. Yeah, yeah. So if the client doesn't have the experience, then they need to be supported in that process. Mm. But we'll be open with our, with our quotes. A lot mm. of what we do is open more. Yes. Right? Because we want people to feel comfortable. Plus, at the end of the day, like for us, it's better for us to be open and upfront and say, hey, here's the quotes that we've got. We've pretty well got two, three quotes per trade. These are the guys that we want to go with based on previous history and how they've delivered for us before, based on their current workload, this is how we want to build it. Mm-hmm. We can do the whole lot. We can mm-hmm. take it all, like all the pressure off. Because mm-hmm. like with, with that, what comes on the back of that is, you, know, you having restaurant experience, if, you, if we're doing a fit out for you, mm-hmm. you've got enough shit to be doing day to day. Yep. You don't need to be worrying about whether or not We've organised the plumbing, electrician. Do we understand how your store works? That's our job. Yeah. You've engaged us and trusted us to do that. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. Mm. We want mm. to take the pressure off. You concentrate on all your front end stuff. Mm. We do the delivery. Do you, Do you think that's how your if you look at the the time that you guys have had DCB? Do you think that's how your brand has evolved and changed in that communication point? has become even better as time goes on. Because when we did the Four Figures Crispy Chicken launches and we did three sites in 24 days, that was seamless. 
for me, that was as a, as a client, as a person, it was the major ones <laughs> signing off on it and seeing your site managed all the time yeah. and understanding it. There's always going to be hiccups and things you don't see and all that kind of stuff. We're trying to hide a lot of that back from from the client, so yeah. they don't get to see the chaos that's going in behind yes. it. And there was there was it was quite challenging, mm -hmm. you know, because you know you have a look at the. The three that is the total value was about two point one million or mm. something. So mm. in, to deliver that mm. in such a short period of time, and there was all, especially the first one in Melbourne was was quite yes, challenging by challenging. the footprint, by the mechanical everything from that. Mm. Um, but I think is if you go in there and just and this is that whole communication piece back to your client and letting them understanding where you're actually at on on, on everything and. Not just giving them the good picture and understanding here's the challenge, this is what we've come up with. Yep. Make and then decision. make a decision. Right. And, and it's it's we come up with solutions. Basically that's what Dan and I look at our job is, is for sure. We're just solution focused people. Yes. Okay. Yep. We got a problem? Okay. There we fix it. What we got this is what we do. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. How we're gonna do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of coming back with just problems, it's just no one wants problems, no one wants to see it, no one wants to deal with it. And then so we changed our whole mindset as look as we just gotta look at being problem solvers. Yeah, yeah. Well, what is working well for us on that build at the moment? What's in our favour? Yes. So this is what we've got, cool, that's all working. So it's only this bit here that we need to fix. Yeah. Alright, let's get in together and make it happen. How do you guys handle handle the pressure of it? Because we're talking about we've talked we've talked today about Hell of a lot of money online. Clients putting a house online. Time, time pressure. Like sometimes you're dealing with, you know, especially with franchise orders and shop and shopping centres who need yeah. something open by a certain time. Yeah. How do you guys individually and collectively deal with that pressure? That would be a lot to put on your shoulders. Uh, I think yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. It, it is it's pretty hard, Sean. Right? Yeah. Like you saw, like. You, you look at it and it's, um, one, it takes a toll on yourself, but it also takes a toll on your family. And yeah. you have to have a pretty understanding and solid relationship mm -hmm. for, for a start. And then also, believe and trust in your team to mm -hmm. deliver, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, trust in your partners and, and your, your, your trade partners, right? Subcontractors, subcontractors, and everything like that. And, and this is the thing I think we've changed their whole mindset about. They, they, they aren't just our. They're not just a trade, right? Yeah, they're not just getting paid by you. I'm saying yeah. they're they're a partner in what we're trying to do, sure, right? And, and delivering the most exceptional package for our customer. Yeah. Um. Mate, like oh, I still get up three thirty, four a.m. every morning. Um, most of the times I'll be at the gym, mm. um, and I think that for me I've noticed that's it's a good stress relief for me to start the day off right in the morning, get it clear, mm. um, write down my thoughts, mm. and then um, spend some time with family, and then, and then hit the road and off that. So I'd say the gym, and also just taking time out with Dan, and just just thinking. Stepping back out of the day to day and just thinking about what we need to do, how do we structure things, how do we keep the team just moving forward and moving mm -hmm. ahead, mm -hmm. and just reinvesting, reinvesting back in ourselves and reinvesting in the people that we have. Yeah, cool. 
Yeah, look, I'd agree with, with that as well. And, and also that um, making sure that our team as individuals is supported. You know, like when somebody is under the pump within our business, we're all under the pump. Sure. You know, it's, if I'm leaving at five o'clock and there's somebody stuck over there who's going to be here till 10 o'clock, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. then I'm staying back. Yeah. You know, we, we had jobs at the airport where we worked around the clock. Mm. Day after day after day. Yeah. How many hours straight? 56. 56 hours straight I did on the last shift. Jesus. Right, so there's me being on, on the yeah, tour yeah, yeah. doing whatever to get this get these um, outlets open on Christmas Eve. Wow. Right. So we understand what it's like yeah. to get in the trenches. We will push brooms, we will shovel, we'll do whatever. If our team needs us and we have to deliver to the client and buy it, to make sure we hit that deadline, if it means that we've got to be there, then we've got to be there. Yeah, understand. So, and, and it is high pressure and it is stressful and it's not for everybody. Mm. But I think a lot of that we actually mitigate by making sure that our upfront processes are as tight as they can be. Sure. You know, we try and uh, make sure that we've you know, led our trades early, we've done our programming, we've given as much visibility as we can back to all of our partners mm. to make sure that we can get things flowing. We just communicate to the client early and say, hey, listen, this is where we're at, this is where we need to be. If you want to hit date X, then we're going to start here. Yeah, and right. shit's always going to happen, right? Absolutely. It's just the way it's communicated. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yep. I imagine this self-awareness of both of you would have been developed exponentially since you've had this business. Yeah. Lots oh, of, uh, we've, we've learned a lot about ourselves. We've learned so yeah. much. Mm. But I think it's, do, do you know what, something that we've probably, the biggest thing that we've learned is, is the, the more that we give back to an industry that we love and we're passionate about, the more that we are receiving back now. Yeah. Like, and, and that's something that we are oh, so thankful for is because it's created, all, it's created something that we both love yes. that we get to do every single day. Yes. And it's not always, it's not always roses. No, no. Like it's, no. We, we love what we do and mm. to be able to give back to more and more, you know, like, man, it's, it's awesome. We get to be ourselves. There's no smoke and mirrors. No. Like our, our office is concrete, steel, yeah. raw, raw recycled timber. Yeah. You, you, can't, yeah. you can't hide it. You can't dress it up. It yeah. is what it is. So yeah, what totally. you see is what you get with us. Mm. And uh, like, yeah, I think that's probably our biggest asset, to be honest. It, it, it is what it is, and our clients, you know, I, I like to think that our clients really enjoy that authentic mm. side of us. The reason why, the reason why I ask that question, I appreciate my responses on that, as I sort of feel from you both, is a lot of people who see this probably might never do a shop fit, but to know you both <clears throat> for a long period of time now, probably upwards of probably six to seven years, probably more. At least longer than that, man. I think I've known you longer. Like, you started about, I, I first met you at, was it grilled in. Uh, was it important or was it before important? I think it could have even been before important. Oh, I mean, in Melbourne. Jesus. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, so it's been a long time. <laughs> and the thing I admire about both of you is you've, you've grown a business really well. You've brought on great clients. And you've been able to do that whilst the wee months. And I think that's really unique 
Yeah, you see a lot of people. And I want to understand it. I don't want to understand that. And I think the audience would gain something from that. Is how you guys control stress. Yeah. And with with just back to our our working relationship and mm-hmm. friendship. Yeah. We're both. Um, we've been through a lot together. Yeah. Personally sure. and and in business yeah. and uh, yeah. I think the mutual respect that we have for each other to be able to communicate how we think, how we feel, mm. and not be judged by that. Well, we don't agree on everything. Yeah, of course. But no, we, sure. we respect <laughs> yeah. that we've both got an opinion. Yeah. We've both got input. And ultimately, we're both trying to get to the same point mm. in the best interests of ourselves mm. and of the business. Yeah. And so I think that that whole mutual, um, what would you call it? Mutual respect. Mutual respect, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really strong. I think another point is, is, is um, um, in partnerships, money is the evil yeah. mm. and greed. Yeah. Whereas we, we had this conversation <laughs> today. It's yeah. right. Okay. Like, <laughs> we are driven by money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the best thing about it. Like, it's money comes, it flows, ebbs and flows, right? It's all like, comes in, goes out, whatever. It's yeah. just, yeah. that's why I think our relationship is also strong, is because we trust each other. Yeah. We, we know that, that, that whatever he's doing within the business, you know, because Dan looks after all the accounts, so mm. you know, even though I found Couple hundred thousand. That's Is that our account? <laughs> <laughs> but so like, just things like that. It's just you just you look at it and you just go, do you know what? It's, there's more to money, and and what I was saying before is about giving back. Is yes. That yeah. My joy is is I can give back to him, and he gives back to me. Sure. Right? So so in that, that's that's. The success pattern on that. So, if I think of anyone else who wants to start up a business with their best mate, I said, you know, like a lot of people have said to us, Man, are you crazy? I can't believe you're doing that. And yeah. we're always still together. Yeah. Yes. So, it's, so yeah, it's, yeah. because it is unheard of within mm-hmm. not just the our industry, but any, yeah, any industry type of business. Um, but it just comes down to understanding each other and yeah, you know, trust. There's a lot of industry that Yeah, yeah. Um, now you guys will be, you know, up to date with seeing a lot of brands that are coming through both here in Australia and internationally and that kind of stuff. Is there any kind of wish list of any brands that seeing their shop fit and seeing the way they do business at the moment that are popping up that you go, gee, I'd love to do some work with them? I don't know about brands because I think um, I'm really looking forward to doing some like we work with some incredible brands. Yes. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that is something that we're very, very passionate about. Mm. Um, and what they give back to us is just like it's just and just it is mind blowing. Yes. However, to see what's flowing through from what you what you see coming onto the market, there's a lot of one-offs and startups and yes and everything like that. Yeah. And um, we we've just we've just set up business last year in New Zealand and um, 
there is some amazing fit-outs in, in mm. that that is coming through. Like, yeah. um, over there, there was uh, one that's um, that was, that was owned by the hip group. Um, uh, what's that Italian place? Amano. Amano. It is phenomenal. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Right. They spent the, 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 a lot of money. They spent five million. That's wow. Okay. Like, but it is wow, amazing. Okay. Like, you just just the look and the feel and, and the way they've developed that, and it's just that's what gets me excited about what we do. Yeah. Right? And then you've got some, you know, the likes of Adam Flaskers down at um, uh, how it's with Wolves, what yep. is done. Down there is incredible. Mm. Like mm -hmm. just with felons and then Mr. Percival's, it's just like they're just like these little concepts within yes. those areas. It's just it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Like that's what keeps us. It, it's the juice, right? It yeah, just like yeah. keeps you keeps you wanting to do more and more yeah. and more and exciting stuff. Yeah. But what's also incredible is is as they come through, you watch our brands that we've been working with. Yeah. They're, they're wanting to develop more and come up with different concepts mm -hmm. within their own concepts yeah. and, and yeah. that's what, that's what it's all. Yeah, cool. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I don't have any particular brands that I you know, crave to work for, but to get to a fit out that's worth you know, upwards of a million bucks to five million. Or what. Yeah, that, that's the sort of thing that I get excited about. Yeah. And it probably for me, rather than just looking at um, brands, it's more about the relationship, Sean. Okay. You know, to be able to just work with people that have, that enjoy what they do, mm. but respect what we do, and just that mutual two-way street of being able to do something for them and take pressure off their day-to-day -day sure. by doing what we do really well. That, that, that's what I get a massive kick out of. Yeah. I, I love seeing clients now that our business has grown and we've brought other um, people through to the team. Yeah. I love seeing emails come through now where you know, Christian and I CC on. Yeah. We're not the first point of contact anymore. Yeah, because the right. client feels comfortable. Yes. And they've got an extension of what Christian and I represent. Yeah, that's right. Really and that, that's what we've always wanted within our business and mm. with, with our people and our team mm. is to just be an extension of what our ethics and, and values are about. And I, I think we're, you know, we've done really well to get to where we are now mm. by staying true to that. Yeah, totally so you know, we've always got to tweak it and mm. we're always going to evolve and change a little bit. Of course. But at the core, for me, that's what it's about. Yeah. Jennifer, so, is there anything else you want to add before we round out the podcast today? Anything you want to spruik about or talk about? What's happened with Open Pantry? Uh, that's a great question. Um, we're hopefully doing some work with a large cafe group in Melbourne. Cool. So hopefully that will come about. Um, we're going to do some, I'm going to do some recruitment nights through February and March. Um, so my belief is that recruiters as a whole um, get paid too much. So we're going to flip it to be a recruitment night where a lot of different brands will come together with uh, a bunch of people who want to be hired yeah. because my sort of thinking is if you work for Guzmanic Gomez Grilled, uh, Cheeky Pokey, uh, okay, um, and other brands, they all sort of collectively come with the same wants and needs for that particular candidate. Yeah. 
So if we have 20 can 15 to 20 candidates in a room and five or six people from different brands, and then we have some we have some wine, we have some beers, we have some cheese and stuff like that, and we make it sort of an informal networking night. And then if they issues from that boy. Okay, cool. I'll like to listen to those. And um, and yeah, and then if they want to recruit those people, they will charge um, probably half the going rate of what recruiters are charging as a percentage. Some percentages are upwards of 78%, uh, which I think stops uh, brands recruiting the right talent. And I'm talking about probably about up and coming brands, brands that have three, four, five, six mm. venues and they're looking to grow. The ones that are sort of 10, 20, 100 can probably afford and have relationships with um, hospitality recruiters, and that's why I'm not looking to shake up at the moment. Um, so there's that. Also, we're going to, I'll be thinking about the last couple of months how to thank the people who have worked with me over the last nearly three years. Um, so I'm going to do a thing called Open Pantry Dinners, which will bring together. Um, probably about 12 to 15 people who have worked with me over that period of time as a, as a thank you we'll have a dinner nice. uh, which will be uh, which will be filmed and we'll have different talking points uh, around the industry that we'll talk about during the night um, so it'll be like an open discussion about how the industry is and in turn a thank you that was put up by me to say thank you for business with me so that'll be something that would be really cool as well that's awesome man yeah. that's exciting that's right. yeah. yeah so a couple of those things and um, you know the podcast will go from strength to strength, I think, and developing that out and doing some more content. So it's really what Open Pender is about. It's about, like you said, this whole interview, like giving back to the community, and, and that's all we want to do from the start. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome, awesome. Mm. Yeah. All right, uh, boys, I will uh, I'll link in everything about DCB developments. Uh, in the bio of this, it's really important you check DCB out. They're one of the best shop fitters going around in Australia for sure, for restaurant, cafe, bar fit outs as well. Yep. Yep, beautiful. Um, so, Dan and Christian, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Well, I hope you really enjoyed that episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. Thanks so much to Dan and Christian for spending that hour with me and really having an honest conversation about where their business is at, uh, where they're at in their personal relationship and, and how they best fit out venues to make sure the customer gets exactly what they want. So I really hope you got some great learnings out of that. Uh, as uh, Christian said on the podcast, DCB developments.com.au is the best way to locate them and have a chat with them and let me know what you think of this podcast hope you really enjoyed it take care